The Shifting Definition of Biblical Counseling on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. So this week on the podcast, we have with us Dr. Stuart Scott, and Stuart is a professor at the Master's University. He is also on staff here with us at ACBC as our Director of Membership Services. And I'm just going to tell you the last uh, several years that I've gotten to know Stuart, even on a more personal level outside of his writings, I've just been so blessed. Um, it's been like that that cool uncle that you get to hang out with and, and ask questions about and uh, hear stories about the biblical counseling movement. Um, as a matter of fact, we were at my house last night, and, and he's telling us a little bit about uh, how the Lord brought him into uh, the biblical counseling movement many years ago, and uh, what a fun time that was to just sit down and listen. And and really, from some of that conversation, Stuart, we begin thinking about what's going on in the movement today. And and it, it's interesting, you know, your perspective, sort of a historical perspective, uh, seeing shifts and change, and and not just in people who are influential and that sort of thing, but also in. Uh, the explanations of biblical counseling. Maybe we would even say something like the definitions of biblical counseling uh, and using that language to, to describe what it is that we try and promote this idea of biblical counseling. And, and it honestly, it's used uh, sort of far and wide. It's used by so many people. And I think you and I are burdened to some degree to say, okay, how do we help our people think in this direction to, to know and to be able to, to do what the Scriptures call us to do, to, to be good discerners? Uh, and so, Stuart, how do we, how do we help our people uh, discern as the language of biblical counseling is flying around all around them? Uh, and maybe we should teach them to be cautious in their discernment. Uh, when, when people use the phrase biblical counseling, are we all really meaning the same thing? Well, thank you, Dale, and it's been a joy to to hang out these past few days, and uh, what a what a blessing uh, to be part of the ACBC. And thank you for your leadership uh, in the organization as well as even in the movement. But yeah, I uh, I think just recently, um, past few years, you know, I'll hear uh, people say, "Well, she or he is a biblical counselor." Or um, I'll get emails, you know, this school is biblical counseling. They're offering a biblical counseling degree. And they have the name biblical counseling. But what I look at their program or listen to the things they do in their counseling process, uh, it's not, it doesn't square up with Scripture. And this has been going on, well, I mean, we can even go back uh, to the early church uh, when Paul wrote the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11. He says, I'm afraid in chapter 11, verse 3, as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And he says, if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. You go, whoa, uh, even back then, the name, uh, it meant something, uh, Jesus, the gospel. But there was always counterfeits coming in, counterfeit Jesuses. I mean, in, the, in, in what was being promoted, uh, counter, counterfeit gospels. And that hasn't stopped. Uh, it continues 
uh, to be a concern that we don't have a Trojan horse moving into the evangelical church today. It's, it's, it's sort of already moved in, mm-hmm. but we're trying to help our people uh, to not be—we we want them to love uh, one another, but be discerning mm-hmm. as to not just the words they're saying, but the meaning of their words, and that they have a proper view of, of doctrine mm-hmm. and uh, counseling's theology applied— so we would just want them to be probing more than just accepting the name. Yeah, and I think you make a great point talking about Jesus. Uh, many, even in our day, certainly use the name Jesus, but uh, when we start to get under the hood, uh, what what do you mean when you talk about Jesus? Uh, the definition of that starts to get quite varied. And, and we're saying biblically, and what Paul is arguing here is, Man, the way in which you define that name matters tremendously because if you define that wrongly, you define that person wrongly, uh, it, it changes the gospel. It changes the definition of how we think about the gospel. And I think that's a part of what we're trying to say here. We're, we're not trying to make biblical counseling equivalent to the gospel. We're just saying like, hey, if you pay attention to the ways in which these terms are used, uh, don't just be blindly accepting that language of biblical counseling because the truth of the matter is, is is it's not all equal. And and here's the thing, you know, as I think about people who have written books who have that title, and they're clearly in an integrationist perspective, right, what they articulate. Um, and I don't have anything personally against them. As a matter of fact, I could probably go to lunch and we could have a wonderful meal and, and actually quite a fun conversation. But I think the distinction that needs to be made is um, – they wouldn't want to be put in my camp, and I wouldn't w- want to be put in their camp. And, and a part of what's happening is the confusion of, you know, there, there's nothing sinister or wrong with just saying, you know, on these particular points, we disagree. Uh, we think the Bible, as it's exegeted, uh, calls us to this type and style of ministry, the way that we see problems and the way that we see remedies and those sorts of things are, are more clearly defined, at least from our perspective, and has a distinguished parameter, and for it not to be bled in to where it leads to confusion for our people uh, so that they begin to confuse uh, what this person, who's in an obviously different camp than I am, uh, would say and confuse that with what I'm also articulating. And and what you're describing is that happens all the time. That happens all the time. So as we think about here in the modern, what are some of the ways in which we can we can help our people discern and think through this issue to know um, and to be discerning when they hear this language of biblical counseling. You even referenced uh, some schools that are now using it because of the popularity of this idea of biblical counseling. People are seeing all around them the um, the deficit that's happening in our world with secular psychology, and they're seeing some of uh, the concerns even from seculars about psychiatry and that sort of thing. And so people are now using the language of, quote-unquote, biblical counseling. And if we think historically, there was a distinction between Christian counseling, which was more of an integration style, and then newthetic or biblical counseling, and and, and those sort of corridors were, were mm-hmm. clear, but we're seeing some of that merging where there's confusion. Can you speak to some of that? Yeah, even back uh, four decades when I went to seminary, uh, they brought in a, quote, biblical counselor to teach biblical counseling. And even the title of his book was on biblical uh, counseling, Effective Principles. And yet, when you read the book and when he began teaching, it wasn't exegesis. It wasn't coming out of the Scripture. It was actually eisegesis. It was 
Maslow's hierarchy of needs read into the scripture and proof texting throughout. Um, So that's where I think our people, the people who love Jesus, want to grow in their faith. They need to listen carefully. Are we using the terms that the Spirit has taught us in his word? Are the counselors taking people to the word? We're sanctified by God's truth. Are we lifting up Christ in their life, or is it more about man-centered, man's happiness? Uh, I'm, I just see more and more uh, sin issues that the Bible clearly defines as sin are being relabeled to sickness and suffering and almost veering away from sin. So if you get the if you get man wrong, if you get the man's problem wrong, you're going to get the solution wrong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think that's the perfect implication. And the reason we're we're articulating it this way, I think, is is to help people to see the implication. Mm-hmm. Is you know, and we're not asking, hey, you need to be looking around the corner for for someone who's trying to deceive you. Um, the evil one, the scripture says, is is plenty good at trying to deceive us. And Paul consistently warns us. Uh, to make sure that we're anchored to the truth of the Scriptures because of how easy it is for for the evil one to deceive us. And so when we start mixing language like that, it it does become confusing. And so we have to begin to to do the hard work of, okay, what do we mean by that? What what is it that we mean when we're saying biblical counseling and how are we articulating uh, the problems that a person is facing and, and what we are saying the solutions are? And then we say, okay, what, what does the Scripture say and how does the Scripture tell us uh, to pursue biblical solutions in, in these cases? Because I agree, part of what's happening is we're seeing the language, and not that we don't believe the Bible talks about suffering and sickness, but what we do see is that the Bible certainly talks about sin in, in a primary sense. And so for us to divorce ourselves from that language, it really begins to dismiss Christ uh, as the primary aim and the primary means by which we, uh, as our uh, in our human disposition, is restored, and that becomes a problem biblically speaking. So, the I think part of the primary caution is hearing biblical uh, language and some biblical words, but paying attention to how that's infused and in which order are we talking about these things being infused? Are we talking about that defining the categories that we talk about, or are we talking about the secular world defines the categories, and we're just trying to to sort of cut and paste passages of Scripture over the top of it? And, and that sort of gets back to uh, how you talked about eisegesis versus exegesis. You know, Stuart, it's interesting when we think about where we are in the biblical counseling movement, and and it's going to be that way long after you and I are gone, where we're going to continue to have discussion and, and prayerfully move forward in, in how we think about things, because, you know, certainly after you and I are dead and gone, we're not going to be perfect. People are going to say, man, they really messed this up here, and and uh, and, and I get that. We're, we're fallen human beings, but um, we want to continue striving to, to be pleasing to the Lord Jesus, and I, I think in all of this discussion, uh, part of my concern is there aren't people twiddling their thumbs, thinking about how sinister they can be, and, and going in this direction intentionally. Mm-hmm. I think people are desiring to do things that they want to move the biblical counseling movement forward. I think my biggest concern, Stuart, is, and I, I use this language, the posture at which people uh, focus, is they sort of pitch their tent in a certain direction, almost as if to say, what does the secular world have to offer that we need, and then let me grab that and take that to the Scripture, as opposed to 
moving in the opposite direction, which I think is critical. If we were if we were to give some key advice on how our people can grow in their ability to discern, uh, what would that advice be? And and I might would just start by saying and let you expound upon it to say, our posture needs to be first and primarily the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when Jesus was asked often questions, uh, either being tested by the Pharisees, uh, try to get him to pivot one way or the other, uh, numerous times throughout the Gospels. Whenever he was asked these questions, his reply started with, what does the Scripture say? Or he would say, don't you know the Scriptures? I mean, almost a rebuke to the religious leaders. Don't you know what the Scripture says? And then when Paul was asked certain questions in the book of Acts, it's just, what does the Scripture say? It's a a clarion call back, not to a... um, a very surfacey read of Scripture. But as Paul told Timothy, I mean, study carefully the Word of God and then meditate on it, right? We, we got to muse on it and think, how does the Scripture I just read, studied, how does that apply to my life and issues that we're facing? Uh, that the Lord has given us His Word, and it's not only profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, but it was sufficient for the believers at any age that revelation was given, uh, and it was just totally sufficient. So the Lord knew 2020 or whatever year it is that his word still addressed whatever issues they were facing. That's right. Man, that's so critical, and I really think that's going to help us in this discussion. Uh, For us to know and to press pause, uh, and help us to grow in our discernment as we posture ourselves toward the scriptures. Stuart, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Dale. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I would encourage you today as we talked about the ideas of biblical counseling and you growing in your discernment. Even for those of you who are our members, can I encourage you to find training centers where you can continue to study God's word? Of course, we expect that as you walk with the Lord, you're going to do that on an individual basis as you study the Scripture uh, diligently. But it's also helpful to continually be encouraged by those who are, who are teaching the Scriptures and studying the Scriptures. And our training centers are offering advanced training of all sorts to continue challenging us in the ways in which we think about biblical counseling and the ways in which we think about the Scriptures and the problems that people are facing. So I want to encourage you to uh, find a training center, which you can see on our map at biblicalcounseling.com, and you can find different trainings that are being offered to help you to grow in your discernment, to understand people and their problems according to the Scripture. So go visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.